This is Gar Shumake, and you're listening to Agosian Airwaves. Well, this is Igosian Airwaves, and we have another special guest, a, a true Igosian, an alumni, the one and only Holly Ship from Arkansas. I mean, she's not from Arkansas, but she's tuning in via Zoom from Arkansas, where she's a senior at Washita Baptist University. Did I say Washita right? Yeah, you actually did, and that's, that's surprising. So, what good she job. Did. Yeah, so nobody yeah. says that right. All kinds of different things. Holly, welcome to Igos and Airwaves. Thank you. I will say, I, even though I'm living in Arkansas, I am always going to be a Texan at heart. So, Whataburger which, forever. Yes, definitely. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Holly, you've, you've been a Jimmy. You've led a team in North Africa. Where, where, where was your first trip with Igo? I went on a one-week trip to Spain. And I think it was 2015. A few years ago. So, yeah. Very yeah, cool. that was a while ago. Very cool. But yeah, I had a gap in there, and then I jimmied, and then I went to North Africa. Yep. Well, we uh, we love talking to alumni and letting you tell your story, uh, your IGO story. And so we're going to get into that, and I have some questions of what, which will help you tell that story. But first... Oh, no. We wouldn't, we wouldn't like want to do a podcast without doing some rapid fire questions that you might not have been expecting. Uh, of course, you know that Kai helps me come up with some of these questions. So you're probably expecting some of these, but when we do some rapid fire, speaking of Kai, do you have any idea how far you, uh, you live there in Arkadelphia from Panhandle, Texas? Cause that would help people know where you are. No, no, no clue. It's pretty hard to get from Panhandle, Texas to Arkadelphia anyway. So I'll let Kai figure that out and maybe we'll post that in the comments or something down okay. the road. But yeah. Perfect. I don't know why you would go from Panhandle to Arkadelphia. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, rapid fire. Are you ready? Oh, I don't know. You got, put if your Kai, if Kai, if Kai said some of these, <clears throat> I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Well, he, he definitely has input because that's his spiritual gift is giving input. So <laughs> We'll see what happens. Uh, I think the first question that I think everybody would want to know is why did you not see the cedars of Lebanon when you visited the Holy Land? Oh, and, and isn't that gosh. like your biggest regret maybe of all yes. of your international travel? That is my biggest regret. I went to Israel and I didn't even see the cedars of Lebanon. Wait a minute. Like you went where? No. What? No. Israel. Israel. Is that where uh -huh. you went? Yes. <laughs> and you did not. It's true. Like the world now will know that you did not choose to see the cedars of Lebanon while you were there. Now, Jessica, she saw them. Well, she saw them. That's what we heard. Yeah. Just so everyone knows, this was my first day walking into being a Jimmy. And they decide to just joke around with me about because I had just gotten back the day before from a trip to Israel Israel or I get there thank you yes. and now Kai and you and maybe Brad was there but 
joking with me if asking if I saw the cedars of Lebanon and I said no that was a bad answer yeah bad answer <laughs> that became the deal the rest of the summer you know how I go yes. does and I think it was even part of your gift at the end of the summer and it was Maybe, maybe the Lord will open up a door for you at some point to go back. So question, rapid fire question number two. Okay. I, I think it'd be good for us to know what you've accomplished in your reign as the queen of Washita. Oh my uh, goodness. I'm assuming like at least world peace. At least. May, like I'm not sure our audience even knows you are the queen of Washita, but that was decided last fall, I think. It was, yes. Yes. Uh, some people might call it the homecoming queen, but I call it the queen of Washita. <laughs> Any, anything there in your reign that you've accomplished that you're so proud of? Uh, you know, world hunger, <laughs> poverty. Uh, no, but that was... things are already there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's just a huge honor and a very big surprise, but it's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said it was a big surprise. It's not a surprise to those of us on this side that know you. Um, <laughs> I will say they, they pushed it back. I was quarantined with COVID for almost three weeks because I was just quarantined as a close contact. And then I ended up getting it and they oh. were going to have the like ceremony or whatever to like crown the queen and they pushed it back to the week I got back. And so everybody was like, it's pretty obvious, but uh, just kind of funny that they would push it back because I was in quarantine sign of the times. So, yeah. The virus almost took your reign away. I know, but, but they wouldn't let it. That's good. Nope. Well, you know, I think I said this at one point, congratulations when that happened, but like, Thank let me you. say it on the air airwaves here. Congratulations. <laughs> it's always cool to see Igojin's doing really cool stuff. And oh, thank you. I know that's not like something you did or whatever, but right. it was an honor. It shows a lot about what people think of you. And oh, yeah. thank you. Very cool. See, these rapid fire aren't that bad. Yeah, this isn't bad. Question number three in the last rapid fire question is have you considered, and if you haven't, I'm asking you to strongly consider, have you considered having a traditional Igosian wedding this July? Man, Mason and I labored over that question, mm -hmm. just talking about our wedding. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're still, we're taking it to premarital counseling, you know, mm -hmm. something we're going to have to talk about. So I don't know, I'll have to get back to you on that. You get back to me because I will be happy to round up some Igosians okay. to come because they love, boy, they love a good wedding party. They do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, Sarah Arnett, Arnett wanted to know if um, planning a wedding was harder than planning a base camp. No. Yeah, that's what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot that goes into base camp. Yes. But hey, and Sounds like you're probably pretty good on your planning your wedding, but 
if you need help, if you need some Igosian input, you just let us know. Okay. You're already going to have at least one Igosian in your wedding, right? Yeah. Libby, Libby Sutton. Libby McCullough Sutton. That's right. So we're on a good start here. And just so everybody knows that hasn't kept up with you uh, as well as we have, obviously. <laughs> uh, you're getting married to uh, a guy from Washita, I bet. Yes. Mason. His name is Mason Woolbright. Woolbright. We met yep. here. Yeah, we met here at Washita and we're getting married this summer. That's awesome. July the 31st. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're on top of this, Holly. Uh, hey, <laughs> you can say a lot of things about Igos and Airways, but we do our research. <laughs> we do our research. <laughs> See, rapid fire. You did it. That was good. Thank you. It, it was probably better that I didn't have Kai in the interview room. Thank Who you for that. This gone. Yeah. That that mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the Igosians have everything, <laughs> even mercy. So let's get into the real content, the Igosian stories. Uh, like, you know, we're talking about long-term impact, really. And mm -hmm. that's the thing, since, since you've left, we really started really kind of focusing on that, that what we do at Igo is short-term missions, but the difference is we do it with this long-term impact. And yeah. You're an example of that, Holly. And so I want, want to give you a chance to tell that story. So let's start with uh, maybe just a story from the field, something that happened while you were on a IGO trip, an IGO trip that I, I think you almost classify as something I'll remember forever. Yeah, I think. So I went to North Africa the summer of 2019, and I led a, a, a group there. And I'd say when I think about that question, uh, one of the moments that popped up was during that summer that we were there, we were just uh, reaching out to women that we'd come in contact with, um, seeing if they knew English and talking with them um, and just trying to share truth with them and just build relationships. Um, and we also prayer walked a ton. And so when we were over there, um, one day we were just walking and uh, just talking with the Lord and with each other. And we hadn't come into contact with anyone that day. Um, and we were kind of discouraged in that, just that we weren't able to share with anyone or talk with anyone, meet anyone. And so we were walking, we were just talking with the Lord. And uh, I remember I, I said like out loud, like just like make it so evident and so clear that we can't pass up an opportunity. Like just put it right in front of us. Um, just like bring us into this opportunity. And so we were walking and it was the getting towards evening time and all these women were lined up to do henna um, in the market, mm. uh, marketplace. and they just start like surrounding us um, and we're like just very overwhelming and wanting us like to get henna done and we're we're just like being surrounded and literally they were grabbing at our arms grabbing us and we like looked at each other we we're like we've talked about doing henna before like we've talked about like we need to get we wanted to get it done we just like couldn't find anyone but because we hadn't talked with anyone that day or shared with anyone. We felt 
like, oh, like we can't do something fun like that. Or we like, we should just continue like walking anyway. But these women just kept grabbing us. And so we literally could not like just rip our arms away. And so they sat us down and we're doing um, henna on us. And there's so many women and then people started to gather in these families. And um, we ended up meeting this family that like they were a large family and they were like, like, come over tomorrow. Like, you know, like we want to, like they spoke a little English and they wanted to like, like have a meal with us the next day. And we're like, okay, like, sure. And, um, and so that alone, we're like, okay, wow. Like the, we really asked God like to put it right in front of us. And he made it so evidently clear, like we couldn't even like get out of that circumstance. And so just seeing that prayer answered right in front of us in that we are literally drug into a situation that he wanted us to be in. And so the next day we met them at a, like, uh, we met them outside of like a pharmacy or something and they picked us up and we had a crazy ride to their house. <laughs> and, um, and we went in and just all their family was there. I don't even know how many people were there, but they made us a dish and we all circled around it and um, began eating with our hands. And it was just a, a crazy fun experience. Um, you know, everybody was around and they were just taking really good care of us and, you know, feeding us. And they wanted us to nap with them afterwards, just after a good meal. Um, but in that they had some daughters that, uh, didn't, that spoke a little English. And so the parents didn't speak any English and we began having conversations with them and come to find out, and we started talking about faith and, uh, one of the Muslim women were saying that she kind of is agnostic. So like kind of, you know, rejecting, um, her faith and was just like, I don't really know what's true. What's not. I, I know I don't for some reason believe this or, you know, hold to this. And, and so we used like translation apps and, and she was like, but like my family, like they don't, they would, you know, be upset or whatever if they found out. And, Sure. So we were, we were just able to share truth with her and uh, just plant that seed. And, and it was just really cool to see like in our discouragement and in um, just us, our waiting, uh, the, like God provided something that was just like beyond what we could have orchestrated and put somebody in our path that really needed to hear truth and um, really needed to hear like what we're there to share and that's um our hope and so just seeing that um was just a crazy way of like understanding how the lord was at work in us and using us there in ways that we didn't even know and just seeing the significant uh significance of our prayers in in that moment and in that like our walking all day um was just really incredible and that that is incredible I sometimes think about how there's so many reasons why I think students should do mission trips, but like for our prayer lives, mm. it's such a huge thing because our prayer lives can get so stagnant and so 
like, oh yeah, I'm praying the same things all the time. And then you put mm. yourself in a position where you're dependent upon God and you need him to do what only he can do. And your prayers become more focused. They become mm. bigger. And then you see these kinds of answers, which is, which is really, really cool. Really yeah. cool. What, what was, a great story. It was awesome. So the stories from the field are always amazing. I pro- you probably have a bunch you could tell. And we, we love hearing those, but I also want to talk about this impact. I want to talk about specifically the teaching because, mm. you know, we've been teaching these core values at Igo for 20 plus years now. They, they haven't changed because they're just biblical values. And so I'd like to hear a little bit from your perspective, how the teaching that you received mm-hmm. at Igo, how that has impacted your life. Oh, it's been life changing. <laughs> uh, I think just my understanding of just doing like sharing and um, doing missions, I think was very narrow and was very, it's like a, you go and overseas and you're the missionary. Um, But I think the teaching that we've experienced and, and I've learned that it's much broader than that. And, um, he is he's the one present all over the world Um, I'm not taking him with me when I go I'm not bringing Jesus somewhere where he's not Um, I'm bringing hope to share um, and I'm bringing truth and uh, the love that's found in Jesus but I'm not the one I'm not God and and I'm not the spirit that changes people, but I can share and be a vessel of truth. Um, Also, I think when I do share, um, it doesn't always have to be a gospel. Like I don't always have to share the gospel, but sharing truth with someone and planting that seed and and being okay with knowing I don't have to reap the harvest right now. Um, I'm not, I don't have to be responsible in that way or feel that pressure even, but God has given me, um, I'm go, I'm to go and make disciples. And part of that is the front work of tilling the soil or just sharing and and planting a seed. And so I think just being, finding joy and doing that work, because that is just as significant as, um, being there when somebody does come to Christ and, uh, and so I think just finding the joy in that and finding joy and knowing that I can partake in this work and share, tr- like share truth um, and not have that uh, responsibility or um, just wait on myself for that. And it makes it so much more comfortable and um, not necessarily easy, but um, easier to do so than with that in the back of my mind. Uh, yeah, I, I love how you reference joy, the sower and hope hopefully uh, ancient work mm-hmm. um they're so practical you know because yeah. they they help you on those trips but they help you see all of life through that lens that and you know there's so many times in the bible you see even paul on mission where he didn't share the whole gospel with people he, sh- he shared some truth he planted mm-hmm. a seed he trusted god with the process and that's cool um because you can do that all the time and yeah. any any setting all the time anywhere which is really really cool so when we talk about a short-term mission trip with a long-term impact, some, sometimes people don't understand that because 
you know, you think so narrow a lot of times about short-term trips mm-hmm. and how long that actually lasts. Sometimes the, the emotion of it doesn't even last as long as the flight home, you know, and, <laughs> but the cool thing that we've seen God do through IGO is use this teaching, this training, all these experiences to create this long-term impact that it, it really does change students mm-hmm. forever. And so now that you're graduating from college here in a, a week or so, getting married, like starting your real life, so to speak, <laughs> like, how have you seen that for you? Like, what does that look like for you? This, that you went on several short-term trips, you, you helped us mobilize and, and train as a Jimmy. What, what's the long-term impact for Holly? I think the first thing that comes to mind is that I don't have to go go and be a missionary. I am one. And mm-hmm. like, I don't have to put that like on whenever I go somewhere. Um, I carry that, that hope with me and I can do that right here. And I think it's really cool that so many people have come and, and are here in the United States to where like, I don't even, I can just go outside and and see people from all over the world and share that with them. Uh, but I think, and so I think that short-term trip, like long-term impact is I don't have to go somewhere and I don't have to um, just be a missionary somewhere else when I can do that here. And I can take the things I've, I've learned on these short-term trips and these teachings and these experiences and see the same God that was overseas answering my prayers and and working so evidently in these crazy stories is the same God that um, I'm living for and and worshiping here and and so that crazy um, story that I shared earlier about how it was just so evident God working in that through that prayer um, it's the same God that I pray to here and is can do the same things here. Uh, and so, yes, that was in a, you know, place overseas in, in a totally different context, but um, God transcends all that and um, is still working in my life now. And I can still use what I learned in those experiences in my life and forever uh, and through ministry and missions forever. So. I'd say that's like the biggest thing that I kind of see is just what I've learned in these teachings, uh, just the four just like fundamental uh, teachings that I go shares um, are are relevant here uh, where I am. So you say that's the biggest thing that you see. And I love that because that is the ultimate goal. <laughs> like what you're talking about is our goal. We want to see students come through IGO and then be be these people that live on mission and mm-hmm. to see the whole world that way is really cool. And, you know, some some of our students have gone on, they, they are missionaries mm-hmm. overseas. They're living and serving overseas, but the vast majority of them are not. They're serving in churches, they're they're raising families, they're 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 being faithful in their jobs. And and man, we love that when they see all of life from that on mission perspective, that that to me is the long-term impact. So I love that, that you shared it that way. It's very cool. Yeah. Holly, it's absolutely great to have you on Igos and Airwaves. Love hearing your story. Wishing you the best as you start the real Thank life, the real world and all those things. And I hope that we'll stay connected uh, in some way or the other. We want to stay connected to our alumni and especially, especially Jimmy. Like once a Jimmy, always a Jimmy. So 
Yeah. That's so right. Congratulations. Congratulations on everything coming Thank up. Thank you. Thank and, uh, you. Thanks, you. Always good to talk to you. Absolutely. If we don't get to Arkansas, come to Texas and let's hang out. All right. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Holly.